Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. But I start the show today with Carmel Corrigan. You would know her well from Copper Spice, that uh, restaurant in Ludlow Street in Navin that's uh, sadly no longer with us. Uh, But she joins me now to tell us her story. Hello, Carmel. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show today. And I just want to say before I move on, what a restaurant, what a place. Fair, juicy. It was just fantastic. But really take up the story from there. 2019, you say yourself, you had a most difficult year. So you were looking to like find a new path in your life. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Look at something different. Wanted to get out of the, the hospitality trade. Um, mm. Had enough of evenings and, and weekends being taken. So, um, yeah, had, had a good think about it and came up with, a, yeah, a social social care worker um, and was looking forward to, to getting my degree. So you looked at this path and you said, this is for me. This is something I want to now go down this road, qualify in and go working in this area. And I, I hear what you're saying there. Hospitality is a tough old game. It really is. And you gave it a long shot for sure. So, right. You want to go down this road. This is what I want to study. Where did you go to to, to start studying? Uh, DBS, Dublin Business School. And the course there, a degree course? Yeah, um, a level seven, and it was a, it is a four-year part-time evening degree. As a mature student? Correct. Do you mind me asking you, how much would a course like that cost you per year? Um, so it's four years, so just slightly under 4,000. I think 3,800, 3,900 a year. So the guts of 16 grand for the four-year course? Correct, yeah. Okay, so... In you go on the course, you do your year one, you apply, you're accepted, year one done, year two done, and you're heading into year three at this stage. Uh, enjoying the course? Is it what you want to do? Do you feel at home with this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, year one was, was a little bit difficult as, uh, you know, I, I'd never gone to college before, so there was a lot of, of learning um, and learning academic writing, etc., etc. Um, but year two was um, extremely enjoyable, um, really nice modules um, and, and really enjoying it. And uh, I think it's that, that year where you decide kind of, you know, maybe what route you want to go down because with, with social care, there's there's a lot mm. of options for you. And it, it might be the, the point for, for, for a lot of us where we kind of know what suits us and what doesn't, what areas we'd like to go in and what areas we wouldn't be able to work in. Mm. Um, so it was very interesting, yes. Do you know your path? Do you know where you're destined for, where you'd like to be? I, I, I'd like to work with children. Okay, lovely, lovely. And that this is fantastic. So all's well and going well, but there's an issue and it turns out it's a significant issue. Tell our listeners what's happened or what's emerged. Well, to, to, to have the protected title of a social care worker, um, you have to be KORU registered. Mm. And... DBS were in the process of getting the registration um, and they sold us this degree that they were confident that they would get this, this registration from Coru, and they didn't. They haven't gotten it. 
um, they withdrew their application back in May. Their application started, they had to have it in by the 11th of February. They found out in May that they had serious deficiencies with their application and they withdrew it in May and left it until August to tell us. So this effectively means that when you complete this course, you will not be able to work at what you've qualified for. Am Am I right there? Correct. Because Kuru are the uh, governing body, you've got to be, uh, you know, approved by them, the course and everything to do with it. And this hasn't happened. Did you know this when you applied for the course? Did we know when we applied for it? We knew that DBS weren't Kuru registered. Mm. Um, but they were confident they were going to get this. They, they, they sold it to us that this was in the bag. You, you guys are going to be the first students you guys are going to have your core registration. Um, never at any point did they tell us, guys, there, there is a chance that we won't get registration and your degree will be worthless. They, never did they tell us that. Um, and because there's been serious deficiencies within their application, they're not going to be able to reapply um, this year. And they have told us that this course that we're on will have to be revised. So this course, the, the deficiencies within it are, are huge. Um, we were always told, even when they were putting their application in, the subject leader was, was putting the application in, and he happened to be a lecturer of one of our modules. And while he was doing that work, we, we asked him, can Koru come back and, and question your, your application? He said, yes, of course, but we really think if they do come back, it could be around policies. And he reassured us we have nothing to worry about. But that is not the case as of today. No, it's not. No. So what are you facing? Are you facing into doing two more years for nothing, basically? Yes, which which uh, I'm not doing. And I, I don't think any of the other students. There are currently around 80 students in DBS that are affected by this. So you're saying to me that you've spent the guts of 8,000 euro, two years of your time for something that you've your heart set on. And now you're talking about just writing that two years off and the money? Well, DBS aren't giving us any answers. Um, we had a meeting with them last week where the academic dean and the register were present and they couldn't give us any answers. They said they were getting um, a new board um, of experts and that they would meet us again on the 29th to answer questions. Um, so we we just don't know where we are. We as soon as we found out in the meeting, the online meeting last week, we rang other colleges to see if we could transfer to other colleges, bring our credits over, and they told us they cannot take any of DBS students because the course has not been approved by Coru. So whatever route and angle we look at, we're getting nowhere. And DBS aren't giving us any answers. Nobody's given us any answers. We're we're just left here stressed and exhausted and concerned about our futures. Is a refund of any use to you? A refund is the most that they can do. But we're really hoping that um, Minister Simon Harris would be able to put something in place, maybe a conversion uh, course. I mean, it might not suit everybody. Um, Everybody's wants and needs now are different. Mm. And of course, you've got full-time, part-time, level 7, and you've also got level 8. So there's a lot of different classes and a lot of different people that that need to be looked after here. Yeah, because uh, there is talk about, you know, if you could go on and complete this level 7, then move on to level 8, which is the level 8 core approved? Well, it, it depends on which college, but I, I mean, we've asked that question now. We haven't been given a clear answer on it. Yeah. But we we've been we have been told that it, it's probably not possible because we won't have our level seven. Mm. Yes, I know. I know what they're saying. In effect, you won't. So how can you move on to have, level eight? We won't eight. have the regulation. Yes. Like, yes. Like, yes. is the regulation for health and social care professionals? Mm. Like, so we need a registration from them. 
And, and when I say that about the refund, that's not what you want. You want to move on with this and get your qualification and go working. And that's what the others, all of the others involved, I'm sure do. Well, look, just to, to say what uh, Dublin Business School have said, because they issued um, a, a statement to Dublin Live, and it says that... Um, um, it says that the BA, BA ONS in Applied Social Care provides both theoretical and practical aspects aspects of working in a social care environment. Uh, they went on to say that uh, you, you guys, the current cohort, is their top priority and that they're fully committed to finding solutions that will allow their students to achieve their goal of working in the social care sector. Uh, and they do say they're writing to all incoming first year students of the course to let them know that it is not core approved at the moment and they have that information on their website. So they are committing there, you know, to finding a solution for you. Yes. Um, what that looks like, I don't know because they they spoke about a system that's called the, the, the grandparenting system. And that effectively means that if, if somebody is working in the social care industry at the moment, like one of the students, that they will be able to apply for core registration because they'll have certain amount of years worked in that industry mm. and they will be able to apply that way. Now, there's no guarantees that that would happen for a start. Secondly, not everybody is working in a social care industry. Yes. And those that are currently working it have spoken to their managers and their bosses around this and they have told them that for that to happen, that they would have to register them on, on HR and in their contract as a social care worker and they're not willing to do that. Mm. So... That option is being put out there, but it, it's not—it's not a guarantee, and we're, we don't want to invest anything else that that we're not guaranteed to get this. I mean, you have people that aren't working in the social care world, so they're now being told for this grandfathering scheme that continue with their their degree, also do the eight hundred hours of placement unpaid, and work in the social care world and keep their, their job because they have to pay for this degree. I mean, I don't know how many hours mm. we're, we're supposed to have in a day. They must think we have more than 24 hours to do this. It's, it's not practical. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, it must be wholly frustrating for you. And as well as that, the, the new academic year is not far away now, year three. Do you start? Do you not start? What are you going to do? I, I won't be starting back with, with DBS, uh, and that is the, the majority of the students from, from what I hear. That absolutely not. The degree is it's going to be a Mickey Mouse degree. Um, so nobody's going back to DBS. Our, our hope is that um, Simon Harris can, can get us into, into another college, um, and he'd have to have talks with, with Coru around this. Um, but absolutely not. No. So you're going to walk away from this and the money you've invested in it, and all the time, and the two years. Would you go back to year one if you had to? Or, or do you feel you should have credit for the two years you're, you've done if you transfer elsewhere? Well, Jerry, I'm definitely not going to be walking away from this. Mm. I'm just not going to continue this with DBS because I've lost all faith and confidence in them. I don't trust them. Even in their meeting last week, I... We asked them. They, they actually offered to send us the wording that they received from Coru. Now, they, they haven't sent that to us. They're ignoring our emails, and we're not bombarding them with emails. Um, they just broke down communication. They, they sent us out uh, a generic e- email this morning to tell us that they're doing everything they can. But no information on this. They said they're meeting with Coru, but we're just being drip-fed. Mm. Uh, and just left here, like we, we just don't know. And we're supposed to have a meeting on the 29th. That, that, that's the plan. But there's, there's nothing set up for this. There's, there's no time. I mean, that's not too far away. And people have, have lives and children and jobs. And it would be nice to know if that meeting was going ahead. Mm. We're just not being treated very fairly by them. And it, it's a college that I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with anymore. But it won't be a matter of walking away from my two years or walking away from, from the fees that I've paid. It, absolutely not. Um, but on that, like, I really want to say like, a huge thank you to, to Minister Harris. Like, he, he mentioned us in, on his Instagram live yesterday that he acknowledged that he, he hears us, he, he's got correspondence from us and that he's extremely concerned about this. And, and I want to say to him thank you very much because he's the only person that's 
stepped up in public and, and said that for us. And, and that gave us reassurance. Yeah, up to that point with nothing. Yeah, he's a big hitter to have on your side uh, when you hear that. There's no doubt about that. I do see Koru, I'm just reading it here, uh, when contacted, did comment on, on the whole situation and they outline their stance, which is, is quite clear, you know, on their responsibilities to the general public. You can understand that as well in terms of, of courses and approval. Um so Simon Harris is is really now the man you're hanging all your hopes on. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm, well, uh, a fair good shoulders to hang them on, I have to say, because he is, you know, right in there and he has power and he has say. And let's see uh, where that brings this whole issue. God almighty, Carmel, you never expect something like this, do you? No, no. And, you know, the irony of it is that, you know, the, the country's calling out for, for social care workers. And from what I've seen from these 80 students that I've, that I've talked to, it would be a crying shame that these students don't get into it because they're the kindest, selfless people that, that, that I've met. They're just incredible. And I just think it's a disgrace. Absolutely a disgrace. Well, we leave it at that for today. It's a story that's going to roll on. I wish you and your other 79 colleagues all the best with it. And we'll keep in touch and keep in touch with me, will you, as well as this uh, story develops. But I hope it ends up well for all of you. I really, really do. Carmel, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Carmel Corrigan there. Not nice to find yourself in that situation. And let's hope all heads come together and resolve it for the good of all. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next on the show, a tortoise is missing. There's a massive search going on in Wellington Bridge in County Wexford. And to tell us more, I'm joined on the line by Lou O'Brien. Hello, Lou. Hi. Well, 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 your beloved tortoise, Timmy, decided to hightail it. Tell us the story. He did. Well, he was in his run the other day and started scratching, which I know means he wants to get out into the garden and eat wild flowers and things. So I did that, got distracted in the house and forgot to go back out. So when I went back out, he was gone. But how far could he go, Lou? They don't move that fast, do they? A lot faster than you think. (laughs) uh, You could put him down and I'd come in and go back out. He, He goes quite a bit and we have a long garden. And he can cover that in 10, 15 minutes easily. And there's not a sign or sight of him in the immediate garden itself or close by, no? No, and we ripped apart the hedges, chainsaws and every kind of cutters to try and see rakes pulling out the ditches, but not a sign of him, no. No, he's a bit of form here because I know you moved house from New Ross. He went missing there in the past, didn't he? A long time ago, about 40 years ago, he went missing in New Ross. He went missing for months and turned up at a a ballroom. (laughs) The barrel land up the road the following spring. I don't believe it. He was going for an old dance, was he? He must have been. It took (laughs) him weeks and months to get there. But you mentioned he went missing 40 years ago. Tell us, what age is this guy? Well, I have him 52 years now, over 52 years. Where did you get him, Lou? Well, when I was 10, we went to do a school play in Dublin. And when we were finished doing that, we were taken to a pet shop. And that's where I bought him for six shillings and six pence back then. (laughs) And arrived home to your mother with a tortoise. That's right. They were probably a bit surprised, but (laughs) everyone loves Timmy now. He's a major family member. Of course he is. And does he hibernate? He does. He goes in probably around October till March, April, depending on the weather. And that last time he went missing, he was missing over the hibernation time, was he? Yes, he was. And oh. when he came out, because we lived in New Ross, I suppose everyone knew we had him. So he came out, somebody found him yeah. and we got him back. But there you go. And he even survived that. I take it you took him up nicely and put him in a safe place for his hibernation. Oh, we do. He goes off up in a nice wooden box full of hay in the attic so he stays there for five or six months through the winter you know I'm delighted to talk to you because a friend of mine called Colette has a tortoise as well his name is Ogie and he's at least 48 years old oh wow yes yeah yeah and probably older and Yorfel is probably a little older than the 52 considering he was probably a a couple of years when you got him anyway so not a sign of him describe him how big is he or you know 
Well, I would have to use my two hands to pick him up, you know, okay. one on either side of him. So he's he's grown a lot mm. since we got him. He was very small. Yes. But yeah, one hand on each side, I'd pick him up. So he'd weigh a, li- a bit, all right. Yes. And do you, you know? reckon he knows you, like, has he, you know, have your relationship with him? Well, he will always come to us when we go out really? to the garden or out to yes. his pen to feed him and take him out. He'll always head for people. And what does he like to eat, Lou? Well, we give him things like lettuce, tomato, cucumber, strawberries, mm. bananas. He do, he eats a number of things, but he loves the wildflowers out in the garden. He has so, zero cholesterol, I take it, then, when you mention that diet. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, only the rest, if only the rest of us could follow his example, know, Timmy. Yes. Are, you, are you confident you'll come across him sooner or later? What do you think? Well, I keep hoping. I suppose every day that goes on, you just get a little bit more mm. doubtful, but not going to give up hope yet, you know. Yeah, he could, be, not. He could be tucked in somewhere, hiding yes. under something, gone into a crevice or a hole or something like that. But you'll, I, and, uh, is there organised searches going on for him? Are you out and about regular looking for him? Yeah, well, myself and my family yeah. go, have covered, like, the fields and, mm. you know, up and down the roads. You know, and some other different people. You know, people are helping and keeping an eye out because a lot of people know about him now. Yes. Ah, you know, we're we're, we're touched. We are. That's why we wanted to have a word with you because we know how much he means to you as well and we do hope you get him back. Yeah, fingers are crossed. Fingers crossed, and they yeah. were lighting the candles and saying the novenas and everything for you now. Everything. Uh, across thank the you. across the northeast, we're in unison <laughs> with you in the southeast today. Lou, thanks for joining me. I wish okay. you well. Thanks Ta- very much, Jerry. None bye at all. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. That's Lou O'Brien there. Ah, the tortoise. I believe it's 2013 when I first met my next guest. She'll she'll know anyway. She'll tell me. But uh, when I tell you that she is the CEO of Abilance Furniture, the founder of luxury home furnishings brand, the wonderful Scatterbox. Yes, Caroline Horgan is with me and she's been honoured by the All-Ireland Business Foundation with its Mead Entrepreneur of the Year 2022. Caroline, hello again. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Was it, it was 2013, I think, we met here first. Yeah. yeah. Where does the time go, Caroline? Where I actually, it was um, uh, Laura who called me and said, I think it was when she started, and I said, oh, God, it only seems like about five years ago. And I had to actually go right through my photo album to find <laughs> that photo. There you <laughs> go. What has happened? Well, look at all the water that's gone yeah. under the bridge. And then I know we met subsequently, of course, but look, congratulations mm. to you. And this building on last year's award, you won last year too, didn't you? We did. We've had a couple of awards. Um, the last year, uh, we were um, Homewards Player of the Year. Um, and then we had a UK award uh, of with Reader's Choice. Uh, soft furnishing supplier and that was a really um, big thing for for us uh, trying to, you know as an export company to mm. actually have a UK award so that's been amazing and um, yeah so it's all good anything PR um, it's really good for the company and good for the brand and good for the business and delighted uh, that we are uh, getting some some awards. Yes, and, and uh, the recognition. The recognition is very, very important. Yeah. Scatterbox, you know, you you are, you you supply to the trade. You are not a retail company no. per se. So w- where would we find Scatterbox t- typically around the country in, in, in outlets? Um, we would be in most um, of all uh, furniture stores, garden yeah. centres, mm-hmm. um, interior design stores, independent stores, um, and the brand, uh, I suppose, really, uh, the brand just in the last couple of years has been getting a recognition. And um, that's from, I suppose, really from uh, uh, 2019. Um, and then the following year, we had uh, lockdown. And from our point of view, uh, we did a huge amount of promotion uh, on the brand and brand awareness because normally people only uh, follow a brand where they can buy 
directly. Um, yes. They're looking at the social media and they look, recognize a brand and they're going in looking for a quality. Uh, they're looking for something. Um, they, they read about it in, the, in, in media. And as a business to business, our promotion has always been to the, to the furniture stores, to the retail customer. So um, I suppose in 2019 and 2020, when customers found, um, when, when in 2019, or sorry, 2020, when the uh, pandemic came, we were closed. We were closed, like everybody, closed for um, three or four months and our business was down 40%. Um, so what did we do? And in fairness to the government, um, it was great that they gave support to businesses that were employing people and allowed them to keep on the staff um, in whatever capacity. So our focus, although we couldn't actually manufacture the products, at least we could try and promote the product. Yes. So we spent a lot of time on uh, well, we've always spent money on photography, but we've always has been focused on the business to business, whereas from our social media. So in 2020, in March 2020, we had less than 3,000 followers. And uh, to date, I think I've just checked, we've almost 31,000 followers. And that's phenomenal for a business to business. Yes. I don't think there's anyone. And then they, then they started to say, well, where can we get it? So yes. uh, we promoted the customers to direct them to our customers. Um, so... Uh, you know, in Navin here beside us, we would have um, Easy Living. Um, we would have in Drogheda beside you. We would have Harvey Norman and um, then local uh, Gagans in Navin here would be mm. Curtain Stockist. So uh, the, the, we, the consumer, um, although they, they can't find the band, we do help them and assist them and direct them to and finding it yes yeah. isn't that interesting caroline that there mm. you are uh, when you your business closed the pandemic had affected so many you used that and mm. and created a great opportunity out of it and was able to in fact build a whole brand new customer base we did um well done that was huge uh we we also engaged with some uh some organically we were being promoted by some of the influencers themselves uh, were genuinely buying the product and really loving it. Couldn't believe we were Irish. I mean, they, you know, they would expect that a lot of accessories that they buy are imported. Mm. Um, whereas, or I think I really do believe focusing on the fact that we were made in Ireland. Yes. Um, we had only, believe it or not, joined Guaranteed Irish in 2018, the year before. Right. And that was huge, important for the business, especially abroad. Um, mm. I mean, we export 30% of our product to the UK or um, between UK and probably we've about nine other countries that we have some mm. small accounts. And in 2019, we focused, um, we had started to focus on, because of Brexit, and no one knew what the effect would have been um, with with Brexit uh, and how that would have, you know, would affect the product and how we could overcome customs and all of that. Mm. But um, we've managed, we've managed to do that. Uh, we we focus, I suppose, really, we can't really supply smaller customers in the UK, but we can still supply stores that, you know, would yeah. have um, a bigger capacity and, and can take take in the product and overcome mm. the... So we started to focus on Europe um, and we were the first of 19 companies that were picked by Enterprise Ireland to do the Enter the Eurozone programme. And for any other businesses out there that are listening, it is a fantastic opportunity uh, it's a huge learning curve for everybody here in the business to kind of have a, a plan to export, um, you know, a, a go-to-market strategy and to understand possibly the cultural differences between one country to the other country. Yes. Uh, but the focus would always be on people and people realize that people buy from people. They need to know that you are a reliable company if they're going to put their money in giving you an order and mm. stocking your product that you're going to be able to back up that by um, service, uh, quality and obviously um, 
low uh, returns or you know a quality product that they're yes. not going to get any returns from the customer so that 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 really takes a bit of a learning curve mm. um, and, and, and it's another thing that you've had to adjust to with the brexit mm. thing and looking at european markets and you know my god you never rest on your laurels that's for sure i have some of your cushions by the way <laughs> oh i do i love them oh there was it was a there's a bit of a redecoration done for a wedding earlier in the year and we had we we're with that harvey norman man that you mentioned there and i know i have and they're absolutely gorgeous but look at you know when it comes and people love their cushions mm. and the scatter cushions and everything else that goes and i know you do more than that your art do, curtains yeah. bedding throws furniture all that type of thing but people love cushions how do you are you always looking at different concepts designs colors all that type of thing correct yeah mm. so again during during lockdown i suppose people were focusing a lot more on their homes and especially when they couldn't go out and they've, they've redecorated so um comfort and luxury and um they weren't afraid as well to move scatterbox has been about color from the yeah. very beginning our kind of usb would have been that we focused on um color you know large patterns and um to brighten up homes now there's uh, there was a move towards um a little um, a bit of subtlety in the home a bit of texture a bit of mixing textures so we've launched a new range this year called the textured edit uh, all fully made in the factory where exclusive fabrics that we work with European mills and uh, we buy the fabric, work with the mill, work on the colours, the yarns, and then we're making them in the factory. Um, and also, um, they we're always in, in terms of the, the new range uh, going forward. People are, I mean, I, I, I do think it's going to be a huge focus on the next couple of years about sustainability mm. in terms of like uh, that longevity i mean textiles in all fairness they have longevity and like you know you can the old uh, textiles will be recycled into carpet carpet mat or um you know people can reuse as as you know um clothes have been you know wash recycled yes but the actual fabric uh would like you know we need to we need to do more recycling and reduce our carbon footprint costs. So we have um, a new range of sustainable fabrics made from recycled uh, fabrics. Um, and that's just coming in in September. Yes, so that's yes. a huge launch. It's a, we've called it Earth Kind. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah. So watch out for that. Earth Kind okay, is okay. the name. Yeah. There you go. Another uh, aspect of business life to be adjusted to. Caroline, mm-hmm. I have to leave it there today. I just wanted to acknowledge your latest oh, award. You Congratulate so you on all the innovation. And you've touched on only a few of them there. And I know it's mm. huge, so it is. And I wish you continued success with the business. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for having me on, Jerry. Not at Pop all. Pop over and see us anytime. Do you know what? I am going to do that because I've been promising you that since 2013 and I yeah, never did it. Yeah. But, uh, Caroline, I I, I will. I'll be over and we'll have a look at all that's going on. Thanks, Caroline. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Caroline Horgan there, recipient of the All-Ireland Business Foundation, Mead Entrepreneur of the Year 2022. She's a brilliant business and a really thoughtful lady and innovating, innovating always. Late lunch, LMFM. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Radio, up next, it's your two on Tuesday. Tuesday? Late lunch. Round about now. Hmm. Oh, yes, this. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm going to be number one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Two, two, one on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday on Late Lunch today. It was number two in the UK charts for two weeks, the 12th and the 19th of October, 1991. But there was no way it was ever going to displace the song that lodged at number one. Because when I tell you that this song went to number one on the 7th of July, 1991, and stayed there every week until the 27th of October, 16 weeks, number one. Here it is. I'd listened to that song forever and ever. 16 weeks at number one, the one that kept her two and Tuesday off the top spot. Louise, your verdict today, please. Right way round? Right way round. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Best, I best. I think so. What a song. song. When you hey, think... you always pick the mushy ones. Must be a bit of romantic <laughs> in you. Oh, there's loads, Louise. <laughs> you don't know the half of it. The quarter of it. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Moving swiftly along. <laughs> I love Brian Adams. I really do. He's one of my mm. favourite, say, top five artists of He's all time. He's a real time. broad genre, uh, isn't he? I was just thinking of his I'm songs. Um, yeah, he has everything. Heaven, Summer of 69, Can't Stop This Thing We Started, Cuts Like a Knife, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? Oh, what a song. Please Forgive Me, Don't Give Up, Cloud Number Nine, All for Love, uh, When You're Gone and Run to You. All of those, every one of those songs our hit songs for me it's just something else but there you go I love the number two though I have to say Wind of Change mm. by Scorpions as well at another time you're just missing the lighter to that yeah, aren't you yeah, yeah from side to side in the crowd <laughs> was it the Berlin Wall they took down that year yeah I think it was around yeah. then that's what that song is about mm. you know change and my god when you think 91 look at 2022 and the change in the world it never never stops change is always in this world of ours it really is always anyway I'd say they were going with the lighters in Old Trafford last night from side to side do you know what I'm talking about no no you're looking at me Old Trafford do you know who plays in Old Trafford Manchester United they do one for me very good (laughs) and they were playing their biggest rivals last night Liverpool 
and they beat Liverpool, Louise, 2-1. Oh. So I'd say the lighters were lit everywhere at the end of the game in Old Trafford last night. Glory, glory, Man United. 2-1, a big win for them and they played really well and were deserving winners and Liverpool looked like a tired, jaded old team last night. They really did, even though they're not, but that's what they looked like and United fans, well, they're probably going to win the league now that they've won a match in, in the league this year. But uh, United Why, fans... Why, have they not won a match? No, they hadn't oh. won up to last night. They were at the bottom of the table, zero points and they got three last night and they've gone above Liverpool who've only two points and Louise do you know who's top of the league? Do you know who's top of the Premier League after I'm three games? I'm going to say something like Leeds or Well somebody. Leeds aren't far away now they've seven points they won two and drew one Louise Arsenal? Arsenal no are way. top of the league <laughs> Yes Arsenal are top of the league and we're going to take a photograph of the league table You're going round with the banner saying Yes that. Well you see Arsenal are always top before a ga- game is played Do you know that? Do you know why Arsenal are always top of the league before a game is played? No Alphabetically. Oh. <laughs> the alphabetic zero table. Arsenal fans take a picture of that every year. But this year, after three games were top, what's rare is wonderful. And fingers crossed. Will you crossed. stay on top? No. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Are you joking me? <laughs> no, no, they won't stay there. But look, hope springs eternal. You're with Lee Lunge on LMFM Radio. I'm delighted to say hello again to one of our regulars. Yes, Sinead Kelly, our vet, is with us on Late Lunch. Hello, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much, Sinead, for joining us again. Let's get straight to business. The questions are coming in. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Strange question from Eddie, but I think it's one worth addressing. Uh, Jerry, would you ask Sinead, how many days can a dog go for without food? Okay, so as long as they're drinking um, and as long as they're not vomiting or dehydrate, or you know, having diarrhoea and losing fluids that way, then, you know, actually kind of without food, you could probably go about a week or even a bit longer. Now, I would never leave your dog a week without eating. But if it's a situation where you feel the dog is, say, turning his nose up at a new food, as long as they are bright and happy and there's no vomit or diarrhea and as long as they're drinking normally, um, you know, sometimes you have to kind of out-stubborn them. So I don't know if that's where his question is coming from. Mm. But really, I mean, if your dog is not eating for a week uh, and it's not just that you put them on a very dry, boring food, you know, that would suggest me there's a problem. So I mean, normally, you know, a healthy dog um, should really want to be eating every day. You know, so yes. if, if it's something that that they're not, uh, especially if they're not eating treats like chicken or ham, you know, I always call it the, the chicken or the ham test. You know, if they'll take a little nice little treat, well, that's that's great. You know, maybe then they're refusing their dry, boring food. But I would never put it to the test, as it were. Sometimes people ask if we're trying to put them onto a dry food or changing their diet, how long can you leave them go? And then in that situation, I would say, well, if they're if they're drinking normally, no vomiting or diarrhea, you can go quite a few days, up to a week. But if your dog is not eating for a week, and and it's not because you know you've changed diet or or something like that, then there's something wrong, and you shouldn't leave it that long. Okay, good advice there, and make sure they have the drink for sure. Yes, of course. Yeah, otherwise they'll get really, really dehydrated oh, yeah. and really, really sick. Yeah, they're in trouble. Now, a general type of question from a listener. I'm sure pet owners are, are thinking at the moment about this with a focus on costs everywhere. A listener just messaged me there to say, "Will you ask Sinead?" again because I know I think she addressed it before she did indeed pet insurance my premium has really gone up how vital is it very, 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 very vital. Okay, so the reason I say that, I, even as a vet, even that I could get a bit of a discount from where I work, um, you know, I would get all my animals insured because the reality is so much now can be done in veterinary. So from the point of view of spinal surgery or, um, you know, very invasive procedures, you know, uh, you know, chemotherapy, you know, cancer protocols, and these things cost money. So, I mean, you're looking at now, there's, uh, you know, a huge number now of, of referral centres, surgical and medical within Ireland, pretty much everything that can be done in humans can be done in animals. And it's going to cost, you know, that's the reality because running these 24 hour or, or very high tech facilities is going to cost a lot of money. So, yeah, your insurance, if you're, you know, it, people always say to me, oh, you know, it's a risk and I might not get the most out of it. But, you know, if your dog gets hit by a car or your cat or they end up with a chronic skin condition or a chronic heart condition, you know, it's going to cost you an awful lot of money. Um, and your insurance policy, as long as it's not a pre-existing condition, once you've paid your excess, which is only about 100 euro per condition per year, will reimburse you for everything. 
once you, your animal hits seven uh, for a dog or about nine for a cat, they'll ask you to pay 35%, but it's still so worth it. Like when little Cleo had her surgery, I mean, I was so lucky because, I mean, um, I think her total cost was coming up for almost four grand. And then with the insurance, I ended up only paying, you know, about a quarter of that. So yes. that instantly makes that much more affordable, you know. So I, I would definitely say, definitely, definitely, you should get the dog insured or the cat insured. Um, and like I say, you might be lucky and you might just have a cat or a dog that only ever goes mm. to the vet for a bit of a sore ear or a bit of this or a bit of that, you know, an itchy foot or a cup pad. But, you know, especially if you have an animal that's a, dog, a cat that's going outside, especially if you have an animal, you know, say a dog that's um, the breed is prone to, say, breathing issues or problems, you really need to get them insured. Because otherwise, if you're not going to do that, you have to say, right, am I going to be in a position where I can pay for intensive veterinary care? And so... For example, I mean, if your dog needs, um, you know, soft tissue surgery, say for if it's one of the breeds that has a flat face and they need to go and get corrective surgery, you're talking thousands. Or as I say, cleospinal surgery, thousands. Um, You know, so I would always say yes. Now, people say to me, oh, I can't afford the the insurance. And I go, well, how are you going to afford your vet bills then? Mm. Um, You know, so I definitely think it's a very, very, very good idea. Really good. Now, uh, I'm at my wit's end, says the next message. Sists on my basset head hounds toes i've i'm giving a uh, medical uh, uh, antibiotic cream i've used mm. hippie scrub inflammatory drugs too uh, one vet recommended uh, to cut them off but i am struggling can't you need help okay so interdigital cysts which are little cystic swellings within the dog's toes are quite common in certain breeds of dog and um, essentially the cyst is like a little fluid filled uh, swelling in the skin sometimes it's just fluid but more often than not it's infection in there if a dog is getting them repeatedly then one thing you normally your vet would do is rule out a condition say an underactive thyroid gland or a disease called Cushing's disease which can suppress the immune system so I would go back to your vet and say look this is happening and happening and happening why is it happening do you think it's worthwhile that we investigate and it almost always is worthwhile to rule out thyroid and, and adrenal issues and then if they're continually happening the other triggers are say is your dog going somewhere walking somewhere where you're getting lots of little tiny foreign bodies like little grass ones or have you got hairs that are growing in the way so probably what the dog needs is once once they've done some bloods rule out the systemic triggers um, a really good exam under sedation or light anesthesia get all the lesions clipped and cleaned make sure we've got no little foreign bodies make sure there's no kind of issue with the integrity of the skin um, and sometimes what they need is a little swab to be taken in case there's a very resistant bacteria that's growing in them but often I say a lot of dogs will just get a one or two individual cysts and that's fine but the ones that are getting recurrent recurrent ones you need to speak to your vet about ruling out other systemic disease that is suppressing their immunity and making them prone to that um, unless it's something where you can think of yourself well is this a dog that's going and he's getting his feet abraded on kind of grit or is there a very hard surface he's going on or have you having building work done um, but it's not normal to keep having them all the time so you definitely need to rule out the other possible causes and speak to your vet and come up with a plan because if they're not responding to the antibiotics that they're on then it suggests that either infection is not the cause or you have an infection that's resistant to those antibiotics and sometimes you have to take a swab and the, the lab have got to culture and see what bacteria is, is down there but definitely have a chat with your vet because it's like one of these multifaceted multifactorial conditions that you probably need to do a little bit of investigation Panic Station says another listener just realised I've missed uh, the vaccinations four months now at this stage. Should I be worried? Need to get this done ASAP? Yeah, yeah you do. I, I'm presuming this is a dog, but obviously the same applies for cats as well, but probably more so for dogs because just the, we tend to get more frequent outbreaks of particularly um, parvovirus. So essentially, all, all puppies should get their little course of vaccines, two or three vaccines when they're pups, and then an annual revaccination every year. And just somehow the message doesn't seem to get to everybody and annual revaccination is essential because some of those diseases particularly the lepto and the parvo they require annual revaccinations the immunity does not last more than 12 months uh, for certain December diseases like distemper and hepatitis the, the immunity can last a little bit longer um, but certainly they need an annual revaccination every year and lepto is a disease they can pick up uh, if they go anywhere near where there's been rats or rat urine in the river say uh, parvo there's regular flare-ups and outbreaks because there's a large percentage of animals that are not vaccinated against it so if you're four months normally if you're more than one month overdue your booster 
the vaccine manufacturers advise that you restart the course to make sure you've got maximum immunity and then you keep it up every year. And like I say, I know a lot of people debate about vaccination and is it useful, is it not, can you have over-vaccination? But definitely, if, you, if you're down that route and you want to investigate, you can ask your vet to take blood samples and they can check antibody teasers to different diseases in the blood and then you can just vaccinate against what you need to. For most people, that's far too expensive. Um, and as I say, you know, really pretty much every year they need a lepto and a parvo and every two to three years distemper and hepatitis. So definitely, definitely go and get them restarted. Yes, and don't panic. Just uh, contact don't your panic. vet. No, yeah. no, but they don't regard it as they don't no. have to be done. Because a lot yes. of people just think, when I ask them, they go, oh yeah, he had his jags as a puppy. But I'm like, mm, that was like six years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, definitely get it done every every year, definitely. Can a dog be depressed? Someone else wants to know. Oh, My dog gosh. keeps barking. He's not himself. Really? Can a pooch yeah, be depressed? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A dog can be bored. So frustrated, as we've often said that before. If they're stuck in the house all day or stuck in the garden all day, they can certainly get sad and miserable if they, they are not being entertained or exercised or if someone they love is gone, like another uh, dog that they got on with very closely or a family member is gone. So certainly they can get sad and down. Um, now, what you have to do is, is obviously make sure there's no physical cause of this because depression or lethargy is one of the most common causes or one of the most common clinical signs of he's doing what he normally does. He's a bit, you know, reluctant to go for a walk, reluctant to eat, just a bit sad. Um, so as I say, we need to find out is there a physical cause for that? If all physical causes are exhausted, and especially if you know there's a situation which has been causing stress, then certainly there can be some depression going on. So, But again, I would touch base with your vet, first of all, because this kind of what we call lethargy, lethargic or depressed um, can be a sign of, of physical illness. If there's no physical illness, then certainly you need to go down and have a little look and see behaviourally or mentation-wise, is there something else going on? And if your vet is happy to no physical cause, there's, there's lots of really good animal behaviours out there that can give you a little bit of insight into all of that. But absolutely, they can get depressed. They can miss people miss other animals and the most common thing is they just get bored and frustrated and you know especially depending on the type of dog you know most dogs are they want social interaction and they want to be out sniffing and smelling and and working and doing things and they just get bored and when you get bored often you just get really down after that as well we have a very socially conscious listenership i have to say just quickly (laughs) Sinead before you go do vets look for blood transfusions or blood donations? I beg your pardon. Yes, uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting point. Yeah, so um, it's it's kind of t- it's a little bit lagging behind here in Ireland than it is in the UK, but we do still, uh, you know, regularly. Uh, dogs uh, would need blood transfusions in the case, say, of maybe after a, a huge blood loss, like in a road traffic accident or in certain abdominal surgeries. Um, and so most of, say, like the vet schools or the big referral practices would have a bit of a blood drive, and they would ask for um, clients to, to, if they have a dog that's normally over 25 kilo in weight between the ages of about one and seven um, and fit and healthy, then they can they can donate blood. Um, and that's certainly something that uh, if you ask your own vet, they, they may often be looking for blood donors or they may want you in a pool of, 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 of uh, dogs. They can phone you in the middle of the night if they have a crisis and if someone needs blood. The blood can only be stored for 30 days once it's taken and once it's taken to the right collection bag. So either if you're if you're in a small practice, they might just want you on a, on a phone call basis. They can phone you if they need you or say somewhere bigger like some of the vet schools or referral centres they'd often have, you know, um, packs of blood. Uh, in the UK, there's a, the Pet Blood Bank and, and they do a very, very good job keeping a, a kind of a pool of blood. Mm. In cats, they can also need blood transfusions. It's more difficult in cats, though, because cats have lots and lots of different blood groups and blood types. Dogs are more limited. And so normally we can kind of get away with um, a first transfusion in dogs or they're easier to type or as cats are more difficult. But definitely, if you're feeling that you want to nominate right. your dog and your dog is a nice, calm dog, because they're going to have to sit still for, you know, about 15, 20 minutes to give the blood uh, so we don't want to be doing that to a dog that's maybe stressy or upset or whatever but have a chat with your vet I'm sure they'd be delighted to hear from you Sinead you're great thank you so much as usual no worries I'll chat to you soon Jerry. Talk take you care soon. Bye-bye. bye 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 that's Sinead Kelly there our vet Kate Bush she must be jaded at this stage she's, she's years running up that hill and she still hasn't got to the top of it what's going on yeah, number one recently after all these years for Miss Kate Bush. Now, just reminding you over the coming weeks, along with localheroes.ie, an innovation by Board Gosh Energy, we're looking to recognise the local heroes in our community. You can nominate the best businesses and services in Loudoun Mead, from best beauty salon to breakfast roll, best barber to gym, best takeaway to best tradesperson and much more. 
nominate whoever you like in the categories. Go over to lmfm.ie and you'll see a link on our homepage. The top three in each category will then make it to the voting stage. And the best of Louder Than Me, the awards with Board Gosh, Energy's Local Heroes.ie. If you're looking for a trusted plumber, electrician, gas boiler, installer, and more in Louder Than Me, visit localheroes.ie. Local Heroes comes with a 12 month guarantee backed by Board Gosh Energy. Get nominating is the message. Louise, did you see that talking to Sinead Kelly just a few moments ago? Dogs get teary-eyed when reunited with their owners. Not lovely. Does your fella cry when he sees you? Uh, me? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. He probably laughs. <laughs> uh, but definitely my husband, yeah. He yes. Just, not teary-eyed, but you know, yeah. he misses him like mad. Yeah, yeah. I always said that about uh, my dogs and Messi, the lad I have now, when he sees me, he just gets so excited. You know, so excited. Mm. And I always remember, I've had to leave him off in kennels from time to time. And the day you'd bring him back, oh my word, you just Bouncing know. Around the place. Yeah, they, you just know that they actually love to be mm. back home. And you know, dog is man's best friend, never gives out to you. No matter what happens, licks the face off you, loves you unconditionally, Louise. Unconditionally. You're very quiet and in I there. Am, just <laughs> nice if they had a few breath mints the whole time. But I don't know about teary-eyed. Like, mm, well, that's, you, that's, that's you what they're saying. Dog messy cry? Uh, well, obviously, I'd say there's there's some dogs actually their eyes look more teary than others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Different breeds are that as well. Uh, and I think the dog they're shown there is one of the spaniel breeds in the picture that I'm looking at. But perhaps they do. I, I, it it says here that they measure the amount of tears in the dog's eyes with the widely used Shermer test, which consists of placing a specialized strip under the eyelids. Sure, if anybody put anything under your eyes, you'd cry. <laughs> you would. Do you know if it stuck something underneath? Jeez, I took a sniff of pepper yesterday <laughs> and I couldn't stop sneezing or crying, to be honest with you. Never mind any of that stuff. But uh, obviously it's a scientific thing that they're talking about there. Mm. But I'm sure that people have that connection. I was asking the lady earlier on about the tortoise and there's the tortoise. 52 years. Isn't that amazing? 52-year-old. And comes to them. When, when, when they appear I'm not surprised at that you know there is a connection you mightn't think it there did you know that tortoises can live to over 100 really yes no bother they can live to over 100 there be many tortoises in Ireland would you say like big ones that you know because that was quite a big tortoise yeah well two hands yeah a good size to hold them um, none like the huge ones you see from uh, you know uh, tropical climbs but if, if there are tortoises, yeah, the Galapagos and places like that. If there are tortoises, I'm sure they're the ones we're talking about, the size of a plate. You know what I mean? Be that <laughs> a side plate or they grow to a dinner plate. I'd say it's that type of size. But I'd say there are people who keep tortoises and have them for quite a number of years. But they'd, they'd be rare. Do you know what I mean? They wouldn't be prolific. It'd be few and far between, I'd say, would keep a tortoise. I suppose, though, if you could go into the attic and sleep for five months, you'd probably live oh, up to Lord. over 100 as oh, well. Oh, Lord, Lord. All you need is sport on the television. <laughs> <laughs> no stress no stress at all no stress at this time on Late Lunch each day each week we do this The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week Yes my Artists of the Week this week are Roxy Music when Roxy Music first appeared on Top of the Pops performing their debut single Virginia Plain their eclectic visual image became the benchmark for glam rock in the UK. Album number two, For Your Pleasure, was released in March of 73, on the back of which the band toured extensively. But when the tour ended, one of their influential members, Brian Eno, famous name, quit amid concerns about Brian Ferry's higher profile and dominance. And it was a a feeling amongst the other band members as well. They were unhappy too and had the same view, but it worked itself out and they stuck with Ferry and Roxy and boy, was that good decision-making. Albums three and four followed, with both Stranded and Country Life being well-received and underpinning a growing repertoire of songs for Roxy Music. To be continued tomorrow, but today it's a biggie from 79. Timeless. Yesterday Well, it seemed so cool When I walked you home Kiss goodnight 
Yes, as I mentioned, timeless indeed. Uh, Roxy Music, uh, a fantastic, fantastic song. And I'll bring you another one from Roxy tomorrow around about this time and more about them as well. Final break of the afternoon coming up on Late Lunch. And he is blues to the core. Yes, Paddy Smith is with me next. It's been a while, but I am delighted to say hello to my next guest. Paddy Smith, how are you keeping? Hello, Jerry. How are you doing? How are you? I'm really good. Lovely to chat to you again. Well, you're still belting them out with this new <laughs> album. All originals as well. The Devil's Backyard. I love the name, Paddy. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Well, look, you are such uh, a legend when it comes to the blues and all that type of music. Going back, and I know we spoke in the past, but it's a while ago. I want to ask you this again. You, you told me you picked up the harmonica when you were six years of age. Did someone buy you one, or how did that happen? Yeah, my mummy bought me one. <laughs> <laughs> Was it to keep you quiet? Yeah, exactly. She's still still minding for me, Jerry. <laughs> Listen, they're always there and they're so precious is right. But can you remember, obviously you have a memory of that, have you, at six, even picking it up, starting to play it? And did you teach yourself what happened from there? Yeah, I taught myself, Jerry, um, a little bit later. I was about 12. Uh, she ended up bringing us to, my mother brought us to the Rolling Stones concert. And... Um, I heard some lads playing it as well, you know, and, mm. and I just, I stuck with it and then I went to read and then it was like, okay, I have this, I'm going to keep going, you know, so. Yeah. And the harmonica is such a part of what you do as well. What is it, there's something about it when you hear it, even I was listening to your songs on the album here and we're going to hear the title track in a while. It just does something in the deep inner self of the listener, doesn't it? It does, and actually all the sounds you create on it come from inside, you know. Yes. So, so uh, that's why maybe it penetrates the listener so much, because it comes from inside you, the person who, who's actually playing as well. And, you know, we can remember through the years all the great harmonicas and songs as well. They add so much to it. Tell me the story of this uh, album, The Devil's Backyard. It's a nine-track original album. How long have you been working on it? Uh, three years, Jerry, and probably some more. <laughs> <laughs> Long and, time. You know, there's been a lot of starts and, and then it wasn't happening. You know, that kind of way with the pandemic and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I had help with a local lad as well, Robbie McDonald. He co-wrote some of the songs. Mm. And the guitar player, Danny Tobin, he's based up on Bray. So uh, I was travelling up and down to Danny and we were getting arrangements going and stuff like that, you know. And then we'd be stopping and starting and whatever. So... Um, we went to record it in AP Studios, um, which is in Sandyford. It's basically in, in the Dublin Mountains, Jerry. Yeah. With a, an Italian engineer called Antimo Kelly. <laughs> he's an Irish second name. <laughs> and um, he's, he's fantastic. He recorded the album in, in analogue, you know. Yes. Um, we had Jason Duffy on, on the drums from the course. Um, James Delaney on keyboard. who played with Chuck Berry, Rory Gallagher and Van Morrison. And we had John Cairns on the bass who, who played with Stockton's Wing and, and Bella Fleck, you know, so fantastic musicians. and Great mix we, of talent in there yeah, and experience, yeah. isn't there, really, for sure. Yeah, I, look I was at, blessed to have them, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I look at the names on the songs as well. And I, 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 is it fair to say that the songs as well, when you look at the titles, you know, uh, The Devil's Backyard, Gambling Blues, uh, Rebel Blues, My Girl, I think of your daughter as well, your lovely daughter, NYC, New York City and the blues uh, element there. The songs reflect a journey, perhaps, do they? Yes, they do, Jerry. Every one of them, they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, uh, the Devil's Backyard, you know, it basically about myself and, and, and the drink and stuff like that and places I've ended up, you know. Um, mm. um, my girl actually was about, it's actually about a girlfriend and uh, she she was in a bad way with addiction too and right. uh, we, we ended up getting together and, and we got some help for her and she, she's well now, thank God, you know. So. Good, good. It's Good. all personal stuff, you know. Yes, definitely so. Mm, and your daughter's always with you, isn't she, Kira? 
Yeah, yeah, God bless her. Um, she, she'll she be 30 down September 18th. She would have been 30 years mm. of age. So, yeah, yeah, just every day goes by. We don't be taking it you know. I know that. And uh, she lived with CF and was actually, uh, was going through a procedure, wasn't she, when she passed away to try and uh, help her? Yeah, she uh, went to Newcastle in England and uh, she was going for a lung transplant mm. and uh, she passed away. So. Yeah, yeah. And I know she she's... A, sorry. She's always with you. I know that. Always, Patty. yeah. Yeah, Very yeah. Little girl, yeah. 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 Through your through your music and your life, etc. So, what's the plan for this? I have the physical CD here, and uh, yeah. How are you going to push this out with the with the world of CDs diminishing? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard, Jerry. And um, we have it on on all the music sites, Spotify, um, everything. It's on all them sites there. You know, so anyone can go and have a look. Just type in the devil's backyard; it'll come up for you. You know, and pick it up. iTunes and all that yeah. yeah so it is there beside the physical versions you can it get is. it on all the uh, platforms there the yeah, devil's okay, backyard yeah. what about yeah. gig wise and performing what's happening with you there what are the plans um, well we've done a couple of gigs there we were up in Whelan's there in Dublin we've done a blues festival there uh, just July 29th we were in the Harbour Bar in Bray and the next project is we're going to do something in Narvan um, and try and incorporate um, a few organisations, you know, mental health and a few other, you know, around the town community-wise, and we'll get a gig going with that, please God, in the, in the coming months, you know. Yeah, great, great, great. It's a, it's a fine work, may I say, you know, and all original songs, which I take my hat off to you, and they all hit the nail on the head in, in their own particular way. The Devil's Backyard. Ah, oh, there's something about that, isn't there? There's something about that, Paddy Smith. That is for sure. Anyway, we're going to have a listen to it now. It's lovely to catch up and, uh, with you. It's available again on all the platforms. And if you want a CD, Paddy, look after you as well, if you of like course. it in that format. I, I wish you continued success and congratulations to you on, you. The, uh, on the album, Paddy. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank Take you. care of yourself. God bless. God, bye God bye. Bye bye. Paddy Smith there, the devil's backyard. We're going to hear it in a moment. Uh, tomorrow on Late Lunch, Shona Madden's back uh, with advice, legal advice around buying a house off plans, an area paved with difficulty if you don't know. Man V Food. You know the programme from TV? It's coming to Clotterhead and we're going to hear about it. And midget car racing on our doorsteps too. All that and more coming up tomorrow on your late lunch. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive, but we leave you today in the company of the wonderful Paddy Smith and the title track from The Devil's Backyard. See you tomorrow. CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 660 4237. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.